Hello and welcome to Pickleball Therapy, the podcast dedicated to your pickleball improvement. It's the podcast with you in mind. In this week's podcast, we're going to be doing a mailbag episode. These are some of my favorite episodes because here we get to answer what ails you, what's going on in your game, what what challenges are presented to you, and it's what we really like doing during pickleball therapy is, at the end of the day, the reason why we have the podcast is to hopefully help you uh, improve your relationship with pickleball, improve your perspective, and how you enjoy this beautiful sport. My name is Tony Roy. I am your pickleball therapy podcast host, as well as a master teaching professional. It's my pleasure to come to you every week on this podcast and help you get some pickleball therapy. Uh, before we jump into this week's podcast, a couple of notes. First of all, if you have a question that you would like us to address on pickleball therapy, please let us know. Send us an email. Let us know what's going on with you, what's ailing you, what's challenging you, uh, what's, what, what is something that is presenting a challenge to you that perhaps we could help you at Pickleball Therapy. You can send us an email at uh, therapy at betterpickleball.com. So therapy at betterpickleball.com, and that email will get to us with your question. It's helpful if you let us know in there whether, it, whether we can use your name. That's helpful. Uh, that way we know whether we can reference you. If not, we'll just ask the question anonymously. And here's the thing. If you're dealing with something out there, we want to address it. But my guess is you're probably not alone. What I mean by that is there's other players out there who are probably facing the same things that you're facing. So having the question gives us an opportunity to help you and also help lots of other players. So please feel free to send those to us. The other thing before we get started is that we have our Dallas camp still have some spots left available, uh, left open in them. If you're in the Dallas area or can get there in November, Around USA Pickleball Nationals, the week after, we are having two camps there. Uh, these camps are a lot of fun, and they're one of the few chances that players get to be on court with both CJ and me. Uh, it is uh, an awesome experience, so highly recommend you check those out. Also, make sure you look uh, be on the lookout for our upcoming uh, mini-series. It's uh, basically when we start a new class, we have a mini-series. Let you come in, get a, a, a sort of a flavor for how we teach and what the way we look at pickleball and the way we help pickleball players. Uh, so make sure you're on the lookout for our upcoming mini series. You can check that out. And if it's your time, we'll see you inside the pickleball system class. All right, let's jump into the mailbag and see what's going on. Letter number one we got has to is from Jeff, and it has to do with picking a pickleball coach. How do you pick a pickleball coach? And this is going to relate to the, the program I just mentioned that CJ and I have, the class that CJ and I have, because, um, you know, th there's a way of thinking about pickleball that is unique to how we come to the game or how we teach the game, I should say, which is we use an approach called the FOSS approach, F-O-S-S, -S, like flossing your teeth, but without the L. And it stands for framework, objective, strat strategies, and shots. What we find is that a lot of players out there end up chasing shots and some strategies. And uh, not a criticism of coaches out there. Some coaches out there, that's what they're, that's what they're, you know, that's what they can do. They can teach you how to hit a, a dink or a third shot drop or a volley, things like that. There are other coaches, and CJ and I are among them, who go beyond that and teach you the framework of pickleball. In other words, the, the, and the, the analogy that we like to think about is, analogy metaphor, I should say, that we like to think about is a puzzle. I give you a thousand piece or 10,000 piece puzzle and I say, let's build this puzzle. My guess is you're going to say, well, where's the box cover, right? Where's the picture of this puzzle so I know what I'm trying to build? What happens is, is a lot of players out there don't have the box cover. Yet they're trying to build a pickleball game. So what do they do? 
they just have a bunch of pieces and maybe they can put two together here and three or four together over there and maybe the corners because those can be identified and and some of the edge pieces okay i start seeing what's going on a little bit but it is a very um cumbersome and and long process to try and build a puzzle without a box cover so what i would suggest to you is that if you're trying to pick a coach what i would do is i would ask that coach what their philosophy is on how they teach pickleball how do they come at the game what will you be learning during your pickleball training with that coach and it's fair to ask questions because you are entrusting your pickleball right which is an important component of your um, enjoyment your relationship with this game you're entrusting that to this coach so asking some questions ahead of that you know in the front end will help you make sure that that you find a coach that meets your expectations our suggestion is it's a coach who uh, can teach framework, can teach objectives, then from there teach strategies and shots, give you the bigger picture of what's going on on the court, not simply teach you some shots and then hope that you can figure it out yourself or put it together yourself. So that's, that's the answer to letter number one, ask them their philosophy and make sure that they have a framework component to what they're teaching you. All right, letter number two is about paying it forward. This one comes from Minders. Uh, and what he's talking about here is basically, you know, to remember that we, we once were welcomed into the sport and to remember that when we're interacting with other folks out there. We, we mentioned this, uh, I believe it was the last podcast, we talked about metrics, some different metrics, and one of them was, um, you know, making sure that you're the one that, that, um, that you're, you're, you're at least attentive to somebody new coming to the courts and if, if that person is not being received by other players, make sure that you make it your job to receive that player, to, to go interact with that person. They're a human being. Uh, they want to enjoy the sport as much as we do, and I think it's important for all of us to take a role with that. And I wanted to give you an update on on um, CJ and my metric. Um, so we one of the metrics that I had mentioned in last week's podcast had to do with giving the gift to pickleball. And both CJ and I have been working at that, and CJ has uh, been uh, introducing a friend of hers to pickleball. And I'm happy to report that I was able to get a good friend of mine and her, uh, as bonuses, I had her husband and her son join them, her adult son, uh, for an evening of pickleball, it's a, it was a beginners group, uh, like really beginners group uh, of you know first timers at a facility. So I joined them at the at the event, but I did not play because it was not it was intended for that level of play. But I was there and I helped you know help the court figure out where to stand and the scoring and things like that. It was a lot of fun, and I can tell you that my friend is now hooked on pickleball and wants more. So uh, paying it forward is just a beautiful way to continue to. Uh, give the gift of pickleball and to make sure that we keep our sport as inclusive as possible. So remember that one. And thanks, Minders, for sending that in and reminding us about that. All right. Letter number three has to do with syncing partner improvement. This is uh, the, 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 the question or the email had to do with working with a partner. Um, and the, you know, the question is basically, how do we get on the same page in the most effective way to prepare to play as partners? In this particular case, it had to do with uh, tournament play. But the question really is, how do we get in sync as partners and and be able to work together as partners? Generally speaking, I will tell you, this is one of the most challenging parts of pickleball um, because we play this sport in, as a double sport. And uh, most, most of the times, or for a lot of us, we're playing in an open play format or a format where we're mixing up partners and things like that. Uh, and you end up playing with players who have perhaps their different places than you are, in their journey, they have different philosophies about how they want to approach uh, the sport in general or that game in particular, and that can you know can be a little frustrating, right? Because you're trying to 
perhaps do things a certain way, the way that you're seeing the game and they don't see it the same way. And so it can get a little frustrating. So that's that's an overriding uh, challenge that we'll have to deal with um, as long as we play pickleball, right? Uh, if we're willing to play with different players, even in the small groups that I sometimes play with, you know, where we'll have like four players fighting together, we rotate every round. So we'll play, you know, two, two to three games with a partner and then rotate and rotate. And, you know, it's a challenge because you have to kind of figure out, you have to figure out how to meet each other in a reasonable manner so you can play together. Because again, we are playing doubles and doubles is a team sport, two players, but still a team. And so, you know, uh, it, it's, it's, it's a challenge. Now, in terms of if you have, in this case, the question has to do with a a more regular partner, someone who you're trying to, uh, as I said, in this case, they're trying to play some tournaments together. So how do you work together there? Let me break it up for you a little bit in terms of in terms of uh, um, mechanical and strategic. So on the mechanical side, mechanical work is really more individual work. And what I mean by that is, you know, if you need work on your third shot, that's something that you can do with a drilling partner for sure. But you can also do some work on your own for that with that, right? Uh, so mechanical work is not partner dependent is, is what I'm saying. So you can work on your reserves, returns of serve, third shots, four shots, things like that. Again, if you have a drilling partner, that's fantastic, but you're not, you're not engaging with that partner from a, we're going to work together to figure out how to play better pickleball. You're simply working on some mechanics, not simply it is it's, you're working on mechanics is the focus. Now strategic is where working with your partner, uh, who you play with regularly can be super helpful. And some of the concepts there would be things like <coughs> excuse me, things like, you know, respecting the X. Uh, respecting the X is a concept that we uh, we devised uh, on our Into Pickle channel, and we've done several videos on it, explaining it on there. But if both players are on the same page on respecting the X, that's really going to help your, um, your overall play as a doubles team. Um, one other way to get on the same page, and, and this is going to sound a little bit of log rolling, and I guess it is, but it's for both you and your partner to be part of the pickleball system because then you're talking the same language you're speaking the same language you're you're understanding the objectives the same way uh you're you're receiving your pickleball knowledge from the same source and so that really syncs you up with your partner and helps you improve so hopefully that helps with syncing syncing with your partner and if you're both intent on improvement that's a really good approach um all right letter number four is about playing with your significant other and we've talked about this before in some other contexts in terms of mixed troubles, but let's talk a little bit about it here because this question had to do more with, uh, you know, just making sure that you're on the same page. It's similar to the last letter about playing with a, the same partner, but it adds another level of complexity. Why? Well, two reasons. One, it's mixed doubles. Two, it's your significant other. It's the person who you have to go, you know, you, you not have to, but you want to go home with after you play pickleball. Uh, so, there, there's some of the same concepts you can apply from the last time, you know, understanding, for instance, respect the X, uh, understanding, you know, who, who, who's responsible for certain situations, who covers that middle shot, right? The, the four shot, is it the player who's up or should it go through to the other player? Things like that are really helpful to be on the same page about. Um, and what you want to do at the end of the day is, is it, particularly in mixed doubles is find a balance. And by a balance, what I mean is, Usually there's one player, and this is both in mix and non-mix, but usually there's one player who's the finisher, right? Who's the player who is better at finishing the rally. And we go back to the basic premise that the best way to figure out who should hit what ball is to answer this question. What shot is best for my team? 
right? For our team. What's the best shot for our team? That's who you want to hit the shot. It's not, I should hit the shot or you should hit the shot. It's if, if it's better for me to hit this particular ball in this situation, I should do that. If it's better for you to hit the ball in the particular situation, then you should hit the ball. There's no ego involved. You look at it purely objectively in terms of what's best for your team. And it sounds mushy, right? Because you're just saying, well, what's best for the team in a given situation? That's one of the beauties of pickleball is the level of complexity that can get developed while you're playing. There's so many variables that when you think about, let me just give you one example. So you have a ball traveling through the middle, high and through the middle. Well, I need to know where are you and where is your partner, right? Is one of you up, one of you back? Is one of you closer to the ball left to right than the other one? Who can get to the ball first? Uh, I also need to know who's got a better put away shot from there based on where your opponents are. That's important too, right? Just because you get harder doesn't mean you have a better put away. And sometimes the best shot is not a hard shot. It's an angled or a, a, a well-placed shot, I should say, a better and a better position shot. Uh, I also need to know where are your opponents? Are they one up, one back? Are they both up? Are they both back? There's all sorts of variables that go into that. Once you put that all in the, in the black box of you and shake it up, there's an answer that comes out. And the answer will be that I should, have, I should hit that ball or you should hit that ball uh, in that situation. And that's how you want to address the who should hit the shots. Now, that said, there's usually in, in any double situation, but particularly in mixed doubles, there's usually a finisher. Now, that this is a generalization, but generally speaking, the male player in a mixed double situation is usually the finisher. And that is just because the male player generally is going to be stronger, physically stronger, and able to put the ball away with a little bit more power as long as they have reasonable placement. So, if that's the situation you're playing in, where the let's just finish that out so you see the, the the thinking, where the male player in the mixed doubles is the finisher, then the male player will take a a, a more outsized role in terms of their position in on the court and the number of shots that they are going to try and hit. Balls that maybe could have been hit by the female player will be hit by the male player in a mixed double situation. What you need to do though is find the balance. Because there are players who overcommit, over overstretch themselves on the, the their assertions standpoint. And an example that comes to mind is one of the pro players, Jay Devalier. Amazing talent, great player. Uh, seems like a very nice person. Every time I've, I've chatted with him, seems like a very nice nice person. But when I see him playing mixed doubles, he has a hard time finding that balance. And he he tends to be too far over on the, I'm going to hit every shot. Um, as opposed to, okay, maybe I can dial it back a little bit and let my partner hit some more balls. There are situations, though, where the, the, the player will go too far the other way, which is a player who doesn't come over enough to, to finish and, and provide assistance in those situations. So you got to find that balance. But one thing I'm going to tell you when you're playing in, in a, with your significant other, there's a video that we did. It's on our Into Pickle channel. I'll put the link in the show notes. We call it the Hackenberg Rule. You need to find a way to make physical contact with your partner between rallies. Totally changes the dynamic. Uh, it avoids pressure building up, meaning like that steam building up inside. Uh, by And it's physical contact, not a paddle tap. It's very different. So I'll put a link in the show notes, or you can go to Into Pickle and search Hackenberg with the uh, H-A-C-K-E-N-B-U-R-G, the Hackenberg rule. The Hackenbergs are legendary players from Michigan, a husband and wife combo that have been uh, playing pickleball together for a long time. Very good team, lots of medals. 
Um, but they go through trials and tribulations like anybody, and they have this rule where they have to touch every time. You'll see it. All right, let's go to letter number, oh, before we go to letter number five, uh, reminder, if you want to support uh, what we do, uh, all, all of our efforts here at, uh, at Pickleball Therapy and the other things that we do, if you will use the links that we provide, we're not asking you to change your behavior, just buy what you're going to buy normally. If you want to buy a grip or you want to buy a, you know, a shirt or a towel or whatever you need, right, balls, uh, if you go to Total Pickleball and use our link, you're helping us out, doesn't, have, doesn't affect you at all other than you're helping us out. So we'll put that link in the show notes and try and use that link if you remember, please. Letter number five. This is an interesting one here. Uh, came from Rick and it talks about the idea of, uh, you know, he had been spending some time working on what he called devastating shots, right? And, uh, you know, basically, uh, you know, figuring out how to, he, he'd been working on figuring out these like killer shots, you know? So think about them like, you know, like a killer serve, great spins, things like that. Things are like sexy and exciting and they, and they, they have the potential of creating a big impact. And what he found was that the, you know, those shots would only get him so far because eventually his opponents either figured it out, right? Or he was now playing against opponents more at his level and those shots don't work anymore. I've heard the same stories from other folks who I know who like spent a lot of time implementing spins into their game only to figure out that, wait a minute, that kind of wore off. It doesn't really work anymore because everybody figured out how to do it and how to address my shot. So the, the, what you need to understand is that these kind of sexy shots have usually have a pretty short shelf life, especially when you rate them or when you look at them relative to the amount of time it's going to take you to develop those shots so they're they're worth anything, right? So that they at least do something for you. Uh, it's a lot of investment of time and effort to get these quote unquote devastating shots. The other side of the coin that that Rick mentioned was the idea of playing patiently, right? Patient, fundamentally sound pickleball, just doing the thing, right? Just step one, step two, step three of the rally, let's go, you know, uh, and nothing sexy, nothing devastating. And he found that that has helped him a lot more, which is, fr frankly, which is how we teach inside the pickleball system. We don't, there's no noise in there. There's no, we're not going to give you like this, you know, devastating, you know, 90 mile an hour shot that's going to change your game because that doesn't exist. We will give you the shots that you need, the shots that will help you develop a patient, you know, well-developed game that you can use and he, here's the thing that I'm going to suggest to you. If you, if, if we use the pros as the um, standard bearers, right, for the highest form of our game, meaning they play the type of pickleball that the best, that works for the best players against the best players, then what you'll see is you'll see what Rick referred to as being a patient, disciplined, you know, fundamentally sound game. That is the game the pros use. The pros don't hit trick devastating shots. You hardly ever see a pro hit a trick shot because those shots don't work. What works? Patience and discipline. And again, inside the pickleball system, you'll get plenty of, of that, which is really what you need to uh, play your best pickleball. So that's the mailbag episode. If you have, uh, if you have any questions or any things that, that, that you, have, uh, you would like us to chat about, challenges you're having, please send us an email at therapy at pickleball at, sorry, therapy at betterpickleball.com. Uh, and, uh, and, you know, we'd love to, to answer your questions and to engage with you in any way we can constructively to help you improve your relationship with pickleball. 
And as, as we, we end every week, please rate and review us. It really helps the podcast. Um, you have really, uh, you've, you've really gone to, to bat on this and really appreciate it. We see the reviews coming through and we see the impact it's having with the podcast reaching more players just like you who could benefit from some pickleball therapy. And the last thing, as always, if you enjoy the podcast, please share it with your friends because if you enjoy it, they probably will too. Have a great week and we'll see you next time.